today on Compassion Radio. I think sometimes in our own business of life, we're like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. I don't have that much money, but God has given to us freely. And I think we can give freely to people all around the world who need help. And it doesn't have to happen far in a different country. It can be on your way to work no matter where you're at. And God brings people into your path every single day. And we can have a a wonderful time to minister to them, to give them the hope of God, even in the most simple of ways. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the latest episode in our ongoing conversation with the intrepid church and those frontline servants who keep the kingdom moving in the right direction. Can you remember the time, maybe the very moment, when you realized God was right in front of you, offering you a totally free gift, the kind of treasure that you just knew was about to change your life forever? Well, across the world, there are thousands who can tell you just that because they've had an encounter with Richard Nungesser and his teams at Bread of Life Ministry a unique and extremely effective Great Commandment movement that's based in Poznan, Poland. For three episodes, Richard has taken us on a tour across three continents and shown how the gospel is very much alive and doing practical good works that the Spirit is using to bring new generations to truth, hope, and life. Today we close the circle and get reminded on why we shouldn't miss out on such transformational ministry for ourselves and that we don't have to. We'll pick it up today with the end of Richard's telling of the new work in the heartland of Africa, where one of the 20th century's greatest violent tragedies took place. It's sure to to motivate you to expect more of your faith. If you missed any of our earlier episodes in the series, they're all available on demand anytime you're free to listen. And I strongly encourage you to do so. Just head over to CompassionRadio.com and check out the broadcast archive. And now to the conclusion of my most recent interview with Richard Nungesser of Bread of Life Ministries. You have to have that future generation vision because I know that in lots of parts of Africa, the pecking order is the young, strong men who are the breadwinners or are the people that would defend the village get the food first. Mm-hmm. And so they'll eat everything they want. And whatever's left over then goes to the lower children and the women. Often, the last person to eat in a village is going to be a pregnant woman, which we would know that if you're looking beyond just today, the first person that needs to be fed and cared for should be the one carrying the future in her own womb. Yeah, true. And that's a spiritual shift. So how are your people able to get that word across and help them to see something they may never have conceived before, that the women are not just important because they do work for you during the day, but because they literally carry the future? Yeah, this is true. You know, this is one of the things, too, that we've been really from the very get-go that God's even laid on my wife, broke her heart in Pakistan, is really going after and empowering the women. Because in many cultures, they they do get pushed to the side, become secondary or not even become valued at all. And it's a really big push within Bread of Life to target and help these women through the education or getting them food and then also creating sustainable food sources for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like this next project, we're trying to, you know, gather funds for a thousand fruit bearing trees, avocados, other types of trees and create these gardens for them in their particular homes. Until you go, you've been there, or unless you've seen like a, a village in Rwanda or maybe other parts of Asia or Africa, we talk about a home, it's like a sick hut. It's chilly, it rains, and you can get maybe a little garden, but really trying to empower them to create the sustainable food sources extra that can supplement yeah. from what they already get. 
And we're also starting other micro projects there for sewing, like we've done it successfully in Pakistan. So we want to do the same thing in, in Rwanda is able to empower the women also with sewing, creating things, haircutting, salon, nails. And these mm-hmm. are some of the simple things that the team has shared with me that they want to do and we're doing. So it's really able to help in that way. The men, like one particular home that we went to, we took a lot of aid up into the mountains. The road was good, was asphalt. I was really impressed with the roads there. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, but once we got off the asphalt road, it was quite bumpy. Then we got onto another road that even the vehicle that we had was four-wheel drive. We all had to get out and walk. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the vehicle would go the rest of the way and carry the aid for us. And we even got to a certain point where the vehicle couldn't go anymore. So we loaded up the aid on ourselves and continued to walk another 30, 45 minutes to a home, you know, where the father, he walks up to two to three hours each way. Mm-hmm. Even in that, I asked him, how much money do you make or how do you get paid? He says, sometimes I just get paid in food. Yeah. I could bring food home to the family. So it's this type of poverty type families that we could bring these sustainable food sources to fight these insecurities that they're dealing with on a daily basis. Very good. And that continues to grow. I imagine there's lots of energy stored up in these young people and it is immediate for them because they're the first generation of the orphans of that kind of genocide that know what would happen if we slip back. So they are looking forward, but they're looking forward right where they are and not looking forward across the world saying somewhere else will save me. The people you raise up, Richard, are the kind of people that God turns their heart and their minds back to the people from which they come because God cares for who they came from and those who were left behind too. So there's no steps down in God's plan and your people seem to be called forward in so many different directions that they never expected to go. And I imagine that will keep happening as you keep meeting people from different countries through your Bread of Life ministry and through the International Church in Posen. So is this the chapter you're in with Rwanda? Is there something else you're expecting to happen in 2024? Or are you just going to kind of ride the expedition along the way and see what happens? We're already talking 2024 with uh, our team in Rwanda is to go to the country south, Burundi, Mm. and start work there in 2024. What we're able to do, and they've already identified uh, people there as well that need the help. And so we can multiply ourselves and start work. Leia and uh, some of the other team members, their goal is not just Rwanda. It's uh, actually sub-Saharan Africa. The whole stretch. Right, it's a whole stretch. This is an area that's twice as big as the contiguous United States. It's not a small area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I truly believe God gives these these visions to people yes. specifically to carry out his will here on this earth. And so I look forward to seeing that growth, that development. We've been given our status in Rwanda as like a what we might call a nonprofit or a 501c3 here. Mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing how things grow because we've laid a really, I say we, I mean like the team there in Rwanda, like together, we've laid a really good foundation. And so we know that once the foundation's in place, which of course, which is Jesus Christ, because no one else can lay any other foundation yeah. for others to build upon. So I expect, you know, things to even grow and develop even more so. Okay. Well, you've given us a sampling of some great stuff around the world. Are there any other countries you'd like to talk about before we wrap up this conversation? Uh, well, I can give you some big praises and prayers in Ivory Coast since we started there. Yes. Charles, last name Inzi, also came to the Poznan International Church in Poland uh, as a student. He now has his PhD. He's married. They just had their fourth child. His wife is from the Netherlands, so they live in Belgium. And he has his own archaeological business in Ivory Coast as well. So Charles grew up orphaned in Ivory Coast. And it was because of Jesus and it was because of education that he gives God the credit that saved his life. Mm. He wanted to go back to Ivory Coast and educate, you know, the orphans and the children to break this generational cycle of poverty. 
So we've already built a pre-K school and like primary school. Awesome. Uh, we built a church and um, now he just bought land this summer. And so we're going to build a K through 12 school. When you buy land in these countries, it seems to me like not just because they're poor, but that land itself is so precious because so little of it's available mm-hmm. that it's not a small endeavor even for Western dollars to step in there and say, we're going to buy a piece of land. Yeah. So how easy is it there in Ivory Coast to actually get purchase of land you can build on? Well, that's interesting because you know sometimes we think like overseas land is cheap. Here it's expensive, mm-hmm. but sometimes overseas land costs more than here. Mm-hmm. You know, per square meter or per square foot. Um, so obtaining land is is not sometimes so easily done. But there's a lot of you know government involvement because it is a piece of land of the government. Things that have to take place before we're able to acquire that. So in the case of Ivory Coast, is it intrinsically expensive? So even if you were a Western investor, it would take a lot to get a, a sizable piece of land that you can actually do the work you want to do on it, and the cost per acre is higher. Or is it just a matter of logistics and getting through all the hoops you got to do with the government to get permissions and pay all the fees and all the payola that's involved with people getting their graft? Yeah, it's both. And where we're putting this, this is in the northern part of Ivory Coast. So the land's a little cheaper than Abidjan, but still considerable amount of money. It's a bigger investment. And usually a cash transaction, too. You don't have a lot of financing available in most of these economies. True. And, and one thing that we've always tried to do with Bread of Life, or not try, we, we do it. <laughs> it's one of the things I'm most passionate about. Like when we do a project, we'll do it cash up front. If we're going to buy a building or a piece of land, because I know so many times, like within the Ministry of Raising Support over the years, I've been doing a little over two decades now, there's some months, there's funds. Other months, there's no funds. And to start a project, not count the cost, and then to have to sell a building because we're late on mortgage payments, we really wanted to, especially overseas, have it, own it, and then nobody can dictate to us what we can and cannot do within our programs or take the building away because of persecution or whatever that might be. Yes, things can be stolen, and that does happen, unfortunately, but we want to put ourselves in the best position for the ministry for the longevity of it. Fair enough. Ivory Coast was one of your first projects coming out of the International Church and the original Bread of Life movement there in Poland. So what's been the fruit of it? Um, building that school, building that church. You know, initially, we never said that we're going to be church planters. So I know some areas have churches. We've always said that we want to be planters in the church. So for me, it doesn't necessarily matter which denomination people go to through our organization, Bread of Life, as long as it's a good, healthy church. It can be a Baptist or Presbyterian or, or what Lutheran doesn't matter. We'll get them into a good, solid church. So helping to build that church in, in Ivory Coast was something pretty special. Cool. I, I preached in it and had just a couple sticks for walls, and then we were able to complete that church. So that was that was really neat. And then to see the land being purchased and having this new K through 12 school going up, because you know Charles, he got the best heart for God. He came out of this life. He has a history of knowing what it's like to be an orphan, yeah. not to have anything. You know, in fact, when he first started to get involved with Bread of Life in Poland, he was walking through the city and saw some homeless people, and God kind of broke his heart too as well. He's like, I never saw poor people before or hungry people because I could never look down on anybody because I was at mm-hmm. the bottom. I was a hungry one. I was, you know, the orphan. Um, and he's like, God opened my heart and eyes to see other people can be orphans and, you know, and hungry too. So I'm able to help them in that way. Yep. When we are able to see people through the eyes of Jesus, it is totally different. Yeah. 
And I'm not saying that I've had that experience enough to say I'm an expert or even a specialist in it, but have been in a few places where I think I can kind of get an idea of what God feels when he looks at a hungry stomach. A child who was looking for something, like you said, the first child transformed your heart, wanted the bread of life in his own life. He said, there's probably a story here. There's time you'll spend with me. The next hour of my life may be something that changes my entire eternity. They just sense that because God puts the desire in their heart to pursue him. That is big enough of a hope that they're willing to set aside a momentary satisfaction of a hunger in your stomach. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. And now, back to the broadcast. God puts the desire in their heart to pursue Him. That is big enough of a hope that they're willing to set aside a momentary satisfaction of a hunger in your stomach. It's an incredible thing to watch that actually happen in the life of somebody because you know that God is there because only God could put that kind of initiative in the human mind and heart to say, I'm willing to forego my own hunger, my own need to find out how God can satisfy me in a bigger way. I want to know. I want to experience this. So you've got kids in Ivory Coast who are getting an education beyond what they would have imagined in their wildest dreams, because if you had a, a preschool and maybe a grade school up to age 10 or so, that would be a big deal in a lot of villages. You've got a K-12. through They're practically ready to go on to university and have skill sets and knowledge that will help them do the important things like basic math and engineering stuff to build their communities. That's a big stinking deal. Yeah. Yeah. We're very excited about this, how God's going to use it. Because, you know, the, the longer you're in ministry, you know, you might see a child and help that child, feed that child, take care of that child or individual. But to see it come full circle, yeah. even as an adult, yeah. you know, the person was homeless and now they're a director within the organization, yeah. <laughs> you know, or they have their own company yeah. and they're and they're serving, you know, and capacity is like, wow, you know, God is in the business of reconciliation and restoration. Amen to that. Well, I'm glad he's he's not just making it full circle, but he's looping back around, adding more countries and opportunities and people along the way. And he keeps bringing people to you because it seems to me that God has seen in you and in Brooke the capacity to love and honor and treat with respect those who he intends to use in great capacity in the future, but don't look like much to our eyes when we first meet them. Hmm. You're able to see past that. I think God honors you because of that. Wrap it up for me. What's God putting in your heart? Where are you personally now looking into 2024 after these 20 years or more of ministry that you've had? What's the big theme coming up for you and for the ministry that God is saying, I'm going to leave my stamp of this thought, this idea, this vision on you? Yeah, I can tell you this. And it's since high school when I heard this, I don't know who made the phrase, even within Broad of Life, we've never really had the desire or goal, like, okay, we want to be in every country or every continent. And I think those dreams and goals are are good, but 
the thing that I've always wanted to do and what I want to do in 2014 as or 2024 as well is to be faithful, be available, mm. and be teachable. To be fat, faithful, available, and teachable. Because as we continue to grow, you know, these are things that we've never done before, things we have to pioneer and just be available to God. Okay, God will be faithful to you. I really want to, every year, I think it's a good goal for everybody, like we talked about, just trusting God, just being faithful to Him. And I think it's in John 6, you know, disciples are, are with Jesus and they say, hey, what must we do to do the works of God? They see Jesus do miracles and other things like that. It's like, what what do we have to do to, mm-hmm. to do the works of God? And Jesus responds with this, believe in the one yeah. whom He has sent. Put your trust there. So it reminds me, it goes yeah. back to your faith. And I think that's just the the core essence of it, whether you're in ministry or not, or thinking about ministry or your family, it goes back to your core of who you are in Christ. So just to be faithful to him. And I really want to encourage our teams, you know, around the world, our organization, and remind people just be faithful and be available. Because in every country, some things are are a little bit different. What we do, it's not a cookie cutter, like what we do in Poland, we have to do in Rwanda or have to do in Pakistan, because the, the needs are a little bit different. This is not a franchise. Yeah, yeah. But to really be available to have open eyes, say, okay, God, I'm here. Use me in the capacity that you want me to do your will here on this earth. And then to be teachable. I think for a lot of people, passing out a cup of tea or a cup of water, yeah, took a little bit of courage. You know, Mm -hmm. I was a little timid. You know, there's 80 people and I had three cups, foreign country, didn't speak the language at the time. You know, I could have walked away. But just to be teachable and allow God just to use what we might consider small or insignificant things in life are really big deals. They're they're a big deal in your life when you serve God, and it's a big deal in the life of those that you serve. So it really makes a huge impact. So I think moving forward, I just want to continue to just be faithful, be available, and be teachable, and to worry less. (laughs) It's a noble desire, friend, and I trust that you are probably growing in your disciplines of spiritual maturity here that you're actually able to force yourself to put that part on the altar and say, I know where I'll go with my own thoughts if I don't give them to you now. So God, please receive this from me and and take it as the only thing I have to give right now may be my potential worry or the thing that's creeping up on me. But I trust you to deal with those things your way and to let me be focused on things you want to put in my heart and mind now. So here's the trade. You take away from me the yeah. thing that I know is going to be a disaster for me if I pursue it, because I know me at this point. But I do know what happens when you and I get on the same wavelength. So, God, let's get busy with that. Yeah, yeah. Because 2024, our, our oldest, she's a senior, so she's graduating mm-hmm. from high school. And so we always talk about, you know, going back overseas. Uh, we just don't know when yet. And so with a lot of life changing in our family, I think it'll be an exciting year to see where God might have us and, and take us and uh, do within our own family okay. as well. We've been talking for the past few days here with Richard Nungesser of Bread of Life Ministry and the International Church of Poland in Poland and with ministries in Pakistan, Rwanda, Ivory Coast, places where God leads him because God knows what he's planning and we don't. We just kind of receive what he gives to us. The neat thing is that I've seen that God has given you plenty, Richard, to put on your plate for the rest of your life. And yet you are probably suspecting that God's got some curveballs ready for you in the future. And you'll be willing and ready to take that on as God throws them your way. Because you know that God has trusted you and entrusted you with much already. So thank you for sharing these stories. Any last thoughts? Um, Yeah, I'll tell you one more story. I think it's an encouragement no matter where you're at in the world. 
just be faithful to God. Let him use you in a way. You know, it was about this time of year, a few years ago, pre-COVID. I just finished like a busy day of work in, in Poland. And we live about an hour from the office and I was driving home and stopped at the grocery store to get some food for the family. As I got out of the car, a homeless teenager approached me and asked me for some money. And very rarely do I, I give just money because sometimes, you know, okay, well, they use it for drugs, alcohol or something. And I could tell this kid was already struggling. I said, are you hungry? I'll get you some food. And, you know, I was able to introduce him to, to Bread of Life, you know, with our care and our soup kitchen and everything. And so after talking to the kid a little bit in the parking lot, he says, well, he's like, yes, I would love some food. I'm just hungry. He just opened up to me. He's like, yeah, I struggle with drugs. And I said, do you know why? He says, yeah. He's like, my mom just died of brain cancer. And so I lost everything. Yep. And God opens our hearts up to be able to receive. And those people who are willing to receive are the people that are able to say what Every you want to give through me, Lord, just do it. It's people that have a limit in mind. <laughs> they say, I'm a generous guy, but I've got my limits. And then God's got to play by those rules too. Yeah. They're people that are really, really frustrated trying to do the right thing. God's not trying to empty our pockets to leave us without. He's trying to empty our hands so he can put more things in it, not just to give away, but to show that he cares about you. You know, He obviously put something into your heart and into your hands that you thought, yeah. this is way better than what I would have had if I had said this was my limit. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because you know, most mission teams, they, they go to serve. Mm -hmm. When they really go and serve, they usually leave thinking, hey, wait. I was the one that was served. Yep. You know, I was the one that my life was changed. And they, and they walk away because they were generous with their time, talents, resources to God. And God changes their lives in that process. Well, may God send you a few more of these kids who need to get an extra pair of underwear. Yeah, yeah. Just pray that <laughs> my heart wasn't like at the same time. Like, I can't believe he's taking advantage of me. <laughs> <laughs> to really have an open heart to God. You know, like, all right. People are in need everywhere, and we've come across them at all times. And I do want to celebrate with you the times when people have been brave enough to take advantage of God Yeah, and through us. And I thank you for sharing these stories. May there be many more of these kind of things you can share with us. I'm looking forward to see how the churches are rebuilt in Pakistan and how they become the seed of the saints, the martyrs of the ground, the, the blood of the saints that literally grow the church because I want to see that happen even more in Pakistan. Yeah, I'll see some photos. Yeah, there, there's one lady, her door is halfway burned, just charred, and there's a new door standing right next to it, getting ready to be installed. So she lost everything. She's smiling in the hope of God and God's provisions. Those pictures and some links to the things that Bread of Life does will be available on our Compassion Radio website. So look for these podcasts with Richard Dungesser as our guest. Any of those broadcasts will have those links available to you. So take advantage of that, friends, when you come to visit and hear more about this ministry, which we're very proud to be highlighting on Compassion Radio. Richard, thanks so much for spending these past few days with us on Compassion Radio. Thank you so much, Bram. It's always a joy to see you. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for Compassion Radio. And I love that word compassion, you know, and just bringing the hope to, to people uh, worldwide. So thank you for your ministry and for what you do as well. I hope you'll thank God for faithful kingdom servants like the Nungessers and that God will continue to prosper the work of Bread of Life Ministries around the world. My soul, my soul, be satisfied. Oh, my soul. Struggles keep
Compassion Radio is still the radio voice of the global church, and that's completely due to the Lord's provision through you. Give online today at CompassionRadio.com or call us at 1-800-868-2478 or write us P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877.